Hello, and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm Dana Marie Rockmore, the founder of the Dinner Party Project and co-founder of The Welcome House. I'll be inviting intriguing guests over to my home to chat about some of my favorite things, cocktails, story, the Enneagram, and rest. Welcome back to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. Thank you for always listening. Um, my guest today is Nigel John, who I have known at the periphery for many, many years. He is always around town. He's a DJ and always has seemed like a kind-hearted person. So I wanted to chat with him and hear more of his story, which he told me, which I, you just never know what you're going to get when you invite people to share their story. So it was pretty great to hear from him, what he is up to, what he has been up to, um, what his first record was, um, all the things. And he requested a rum drink, which I am not mad about. So I made him a rum flip, which, um, to be honest, I have never, um, made one before, but, I am also not drinking at the moment, so I was not able to taste it, but it is um, two ounces. I did a Treaty Oak barrel-aged rum, which I've had that before. I have had that rum before, and it it is delicious. Um, Two ounces of that, and then um, one whole egg, which is very interesting because usually it's just an egg white, but it definitely gives it a very, very full-bodied um, it's a very thick drink. It looked like almost like a dessert, uh, which I would hope to maybe try in the future. So, uh, one whole egg that I got from, from the, uh, backyard of a friend of mine who sells eggs. Um, and then, uh, a quarter ounce to a half an ounce, uh, depending on your preference of simple syrup. And then a big pinch dash of nutmeg. So basically you're going to shake that in a shaker with no ice first for maybe like 30 seconds. um, And then put some ice in there. And then you will shake it for probably another minute or so. And I served it in a coupe. And it looked delicious. He definitely (laughs) drank it all. Um... So maybe in the future, I will try that one again, but I hope you enjoy today's drink and this episode. Cheers. This episode of Cocktails in Conversation is brought to you by The Dinner Party Project. The Dinner Party Project is all about connecting humans around the dinner table. Right now, we are mostly based in Orlando, Florida. Whether it's joining seven strangers in an intimate setting around a dinner table or sitting in the street of Orange Avenue with 100 others watching flamethrowers, we love helping people feel connected to others and their city. We also offer private parties, so if you have a birthday, anniversary, team building dinner, or corporate event coming up, we can create a custom memorable event that you and your guests won't soon forget. We also help brands connect with their consumers by exposing their product in an elevated way to their target demographic. So if you live in the Orlando area and haven't joined us yet, what are you waiting for? We can't wait to hear your story around the dinner table. For more information, you can visit us at thedinnerpartyproject.co. Hey, Nigel. (laughs) Welcome to the Cocktails and Conversations podcast. Hello. Very glad to be here. Very glad to be here. Salud. 
Cheers. Cheers. I know. Whoa. Long arms. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I am still not drinking, which is uh, good for this season, but sometimes sad when other people are having something delicious to drink. Um, so hopefully you're enjoying this. Yes, yeah, good drink. Okay. It's, it's like rum, egg. It's called a rum flip. Mm-hmm. which is rum from Treaty Oak, barrel-aged rum, two ounces. So I'm banking on some good stories. Good. <laughs> and then strong. a whole egg, which is interesting, some simple syrup, and then some nutmeg. I just feel like it's November, tis the season, all things fall. Yes. Yes. They fall kind of tropical. Very tropical fall. All the things. Mm-hmm. Um, since cocktails are one of my favorite things, I would love to know if you have any favorite cocktails and or go-to drinks that are like your never fail. Um, hmm. I like, lately I've been into like, I guess, bourbon. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Brown spirits are my favorite um, for sure. Yeah. Bourbon. Do you have any favorites? Favorite bourbon drink? Or yeah, um, or like a type of bourbon? No, well, I'm pretty I'm, I'm a novice drinker. I don't know someone has to make a drink for me and if it tastes good, I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as Fair like enough. yeah, I don't go out and buy <clears throat> my wife does sometimes um can't forget the name of the name of the bourbon she buys, but um, I don't know off the top of my head. Sure, I don't. Is she somewhat of a home bartender? Are she, you are you a home bartender? She is she more is of a bartender more. than I am. She, she used to. I think she used to um, be a bartender. So there you go. And she was in the restaurant industry. So that would be very helpful. She she hooks the drinks up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, lucky you mm-hmm. to live with somebody who has a, probably a wider repertoire of drinks to, to enjoy. I do like, um, old fashions. What do you Bourbon? Bourbon in that? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. Old, um, old fashioned, are- I do like, probably that's lately that's been my drink. That's your go-to choice. drink. Yeah. Okay. That sounds delicious. Old fashioned, um, like Moscow Mule. Hundred percent. Um, For some reason, I feel like in the fall, more so, I love a Moscow Mule. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, it's vodka; you can drink it any time of year. But yeah. a Moscow Mule in the fall is kind of delightful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I do love vodka, vodka cranberry, vodka orange juice. Right. Um, you can't go wrong. It's very, <laughs> it's very hard to mess that up. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And it's also on the healthier side. I mean, if you do like a vodka cranberry, it's like, yeah, yeah, get drink those whole <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Dangerous. Usually, if I'm playing, that's usually the drink orange juice or oh, vodka, cran- all right. vodka cranberries. Easy, simple. I like the taste. And right. Not, you don't have to think about it too much. You know, you're going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Good go to. So, if you were going to grab a drink out around town in this Central Florida area, what would be like two to three places around town that you would love that you would go and grab a drink? Um, 
Wills. Like the Wills, Little Indies. Wills Pub. Area. Mm-hmm. Like just that whole. That whole scene. Compound. Yeah. <laughs> like that, you know, different drinks. Yeah, that drinks are good. Little Indies is great cocktails. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Courtesy. Yep. Absolutely. Fancy. And, yeah. And also, too, I guess... I got familiar with them. I used to play there, but I've met them through Snap. Right. So, and both of you are usually at every Snap. Yeah, we're we're yes. the go-to people. Right. Um, third place for cocktails. Um, hmm. I don't know. Maybe Guest House. Yes. Maybe? Mm-hmm. That's all I could think of. It's, really. It's a. It's a. It's a yeah, it's a standard in Orlando. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And it's um I used to play and go to Peacock Room. Ah. Uh, so it's like Long Live. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so it's like, you know. Long live the Peacock Room. It's a different Peacock, but it's this cool place. Yeah. It's and wonderful. It, yeah. And Sunroom that they uh added on to is also mm-hmm. incredible for their cocktail menu. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hip. It's like hip, but it's not stuffy, pretentious. It's just like. Yeah. It's laid back. All the cool people go out there, you have a drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the cool, beautiful people go out there, have a drink. And <laughs> it's, it's chill. It's chill. <laughs> and their bartenders are very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. They are. They'll make you a great drink. And I went there the other night um, and I had a, I had a mocktail. Because I'm not drinking right oh. now. So I went out there with some friends and I had a drink that was not, you know, officially a alcoholic drink. How was that? It was good. It was good? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a, not a re- it's not the real deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know it, but it's better. Than, I, I do wish that bars would have more options for people that like, you know, you don't have to drink every right, night. You right. don't have to drink every time or maybe like health reasons or whatever. Right. But to have more of an option... Than just, I mean, obviously a vodka. I mean, obviously like um, like a soda water and a cranberry or like something like that is it's fine. But it's like you want something a little bit more elevated, right. or you want to feel like you're having a a drink, right? right. When you go out with your friends, and plus if- a good a good bartender that can make a drink like a cocktail, but not a cocktail. Yeah, that's like that's talent. craftsman. Yeah, <laughs> that's craftsman. Absolutely. I wish we had a little bit more of that around mm-hmm. town, but I think it's growing a little bit. But the Sunroom actually does have a kind of like a spirit-free smaller menu. Okay. Which is pretty nice. Yeah, pretty I, went, nice. I went there for the first time probably two weeks ago, and it's it's nice. It's it really, is nice. a real nice place. Real nice place. When guest house is too packed. Guest house gets packed. Guest house <laughs> is its own its own machine, mm-hmm. its own animal. Yes. Yeah. It is. It is its own sphere of guest house. So, yeah, Yeah. you do that. You know what you're in for. Mm -hmm. And then they've got that lovely outside hang spot. And then now they have the sunroom. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Who's your favorite bartender at guest house? Do you have, do you know them? Um, I know them a little bit. Mm -hmm. I guess I don't. Yeah. When I, either other people are ordering for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) or I've been, I think I've gone more to like the sunroom, um, 
uh, lately because I it's more cocktails for me. I don't drink wine or beer okay. really. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I feel like Sunroom is one of my favorite bars. And then I also really like the bar at Duomo. I don't know if you've been over there um, at East End Market. It's like the ramen place. Yes. No, I haven't been there. You haven't been there? I've been there before. They just opened, like, not to the Domo, right? No, Domo's been there a couple of years. Hmm. They also opened Tori Tori, which is on Mills. Same company. Same I've been company. to Tori Tori. I yes. haven't been to Domo yet. Ben, right, yeah. Both are beautiful. Mm -hmm. They definitely know how to make some beautiful spaces around town. Yep. Yes. Which we are so lucky to have yeah. in Orlando. Yeah, there's some pretty creative, innovative mm -hmm. guys doing some things with the bars around town. And the food is really good at Tori Tori. Yep. I agree. So good. So... Uh, the fun part is that the, we've got all these like fantastic people around town mm -hmm. and I kind of believe that we don't get a real choice and we're replaced in the universe. I think we're just, we don't get a choice in our family of origin. We don't get a choice in our socioeconomic status. We don't get a choice in where we're placed in, in the world. Mm -hmm. I think we're here and then we're all trying to figure it out. Right. Right. There. I agree. <laughs> and everyone's got a story. Um, and so it's been fun kind of sharing uh, just interesting folks that are doing interesting things around town and what their story has been. So I would love to hear a little bit of your story and kind of like where you were placed in the universe, maybe like zero to 10. What was kind of like your so, family? Yeah, was, my parents were families from Trinidad. Okay. Um, I was born in Trinidad also. And came up here probably when I was two or three. We uh, moved to Winter Park and then we moved to Altamont Springs. So I grew up in Altamont Springs. How did you land from Trinidad to Altamont Springs? Um, Your family? So I think, yeah, my father's sister, my aunt, she moved up here first with her family. And I think we moved, we stayed with them for a little while. Sure. But um, kind of go where your family is. Well, I don't know why they came to Winter Park, Orlando area. Probably because someone knew someone that came up, and mm -hmm. there was like a <clears throat> quite a few Trinidadians that were my my um parents were friends with. They had like this little Trinidadian crew, so I guess that's they all came through them. Okay, but yeah, sure. And then how old were you when you came to the USA? I think two, oh, two or three. Okay. Yeah. So quite Long young. Long time, yeah. Right. And in then the how... seven, In the 70s. Mm-hmm. In the 70s. <laughs> so there wasn't, like, was it a, a big culture shock for you? Was it, like, a big transition? Um. I mean, you're pretty young. Yeah. So you probably adapted pretty. I adapted pretty well. Pretty quickly. Um, we grew up in Altamont and I mean, we were probably the only Caribbean family in that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. but, um, they were cool. I mean, they would make little snide jokes about the islands because back then everyone thought like they thought the islands were in like 
Africa, like you had lived in huts. I mean, people would ask really stupid questions like right. that way back About when. Trinidad? Yeah. Y'all have y'all have houses there. Y'all live in huts. Blah blah blah. Trying to be funny, but you know, doesn't land quite. Yeah, well, <laughs> no. and nowadays it's like you know, you would never, you would never say you anything never stupid s- like that, right? Yeah, you know? and reggae music is huge. Um, so culturally, no one really cares. So it's it's not a culture shock now as it was back then. Sure, 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 sure. <clears throat> How was it growing up in Orlando suburbia? Um, suburbia? What do you mean, like growing up? Because I didn't really live in suburbia. <laughs> in, oh, Altamont wasn't you didn't. Oh like, no, it was um in the suburbs. No, it was no? um. I guess quote unquote the hood. You okay. Call it. In Altamont. Um, my neighborhood. It was fun though. Yeah, my friend, my neighborhood was a fun place to be. Like, what made it fun? Just well, everybody knew everybody. Mm-hmm. We all uh, once we go to school, we come home, put our books in, and we play outside until mm-hmm. the sun went down. Um, still somewhat close to a lot of my friends I grew up with. Mm. We all, you know, um, we all walked to school. Okay, it was it was a fun time. I bet. It was it was a cool time, you know. It wasn't it wasn't bad, but there's some little sketchy parts and sketchy people and mm-hmm. crime here and there. But and you were still living with your aunt, aunt, family, or your dad's no, sister. No, they got their own place. So okay. I was with my mom, my my uh, parents, me, and my sister. Um, yeah, it was. The neighborhood was, it was nice. Yeah? Yeah. So then you stayed in Altamont, the Altamont area? Stayed in Altamont, then I left and moved to Winter Park. Um, Went to college, blah, 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 got jobs, stuff like that, but you know. Let's back up a little bit. So who was Nigel in like middle school, high school? Like what was the, what was your dynamic? Um, hmm. So I was I I would keep to myself a lot of times, but also had friends kind of. I was my own person. Mm -hmm. It wasn't I was not. um, Disenfranchised from anyone, but I would have friends from my neighborhood, like. Other friends, like white suburban friends. So I was kind of cool with everyone. Mm hmm. But I was still kind of in my own head. Mm. I was huge mm. into music. Mm-hmm. Always. Like, Always. Well, from that, uh, huge into music. And, like, Were your parents? Movies. Was there a lot of music in the house? Um, yeah, not. They weren't huge enthusiasts like I was, but they. They never shut it down like. I would always listen to music and they were always, they were always like applaud that. Okay. Um, probably my mom is like my biggest influence with music because she was pretty open. We listened to, growing up, we listened to like a lot of reggae and Calypso, but then like a lot of rock and pop on the radio. And, um, I was a big fan of Kiss 
Okay. Yeah, back in the day. All right. And so she fostered your yeah, love of music? Like, they had um, a concert, I think it was on HBO, and me and my mom watched the Kiss concert. All right. Yeah, and she was... She's she down. Was, she was into it. Okay. So kind of like her and her open-mindedness influenced mm. me. So she wasn't necessarily like huge fan, but she would like listen like, oh, yeah, I like that. And no matter what it was. And participate with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No matter if it was like rap or reggae or rap, hard reggae, rock. Yeah, or, all of it. Yeah. And um, we'll... Pretty open-minded for a mom. Yeah, she was (laughs) cool, and she like, and she was a you know Christian mom too, because some of them like really strict. They don't want you listening to that music or that. She would only complain if she heard like curse words, but um, she wasn't into like that whole like. But Kiss is pretty intense. Yeah, but I mean, she was. She was. It's well, it's theater, so that's the way she saw it. Ah. You know. also, with like film, it. movies, we were watch a lot of scary movies. Okay. So, horror movies were into that, too. So, yeah. So, you got a real um, kind of like wide uh, taste of the world mm-hmm. through your parents. Yeah. 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 So, there was that that openness and dynamic and learning from them. Mm-hmm. So you kind of felt like your family was like a pretty, pretty close. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. Pretty close. Um, also around that time I had an uncle and a cousin, they moved up here. Um, and they got me huge in the reggae music, mm-hmm. um, Bar Marley. All right. And my aunt would, every week she'd get paid. I think she was like a, nurse or nurse's aide or something she would buy a record so Her that thursday <laughs> right. that thursday and she'd come home late and like what he was and blah 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 i've been waiting because you want to know wanted, what she got i want to bring that record so, what was what was her taste like um a lot of reggae mm-hmm. so like bob marley peter tosh bunny whaler um yeah did you ever try to influence her so you could get like what she wanted to listen to? Um, no, nah, because I was kind of learning from them. Okay. So she would point me in that direction and then I'd like read magazines or watch hmm. movies or, or try to look something in that. But they would always point me in the right direction. Got it. How did you start your um, record collection? Um, huh. So... I took my parents' few records. They had like about five or six. It was the Jackson 5, Dance Machine, Aretha Franklin's Greatest Hits, um, King Curtis. I can't remember the name of the record, though. Ohio Players' Greatest Hits. And my cousins bought me Kiss, Destroyer album, and... My other cousin bought me Bob Marley, Rasta Vibration, when I was a kid. So those were my records. Mm. Then um, I started buying, just started buying music, you know, spending my allowance money. First record I bought was a 45, was um, 
Art of Noise, um, uh, Beatbox, and Naked Eyes, Promises, Promises. And I think another Run DMC record, and I just started buying records from that. So whatever I got for my allowance, I mm -hmm. take that money to buy records. So that's kind of started from there. Right. Uh, what was the last record that you purchased recently? If you can remember. Um, uh, huh. I've gotten quite a few. It's just I've gotten so many. Oh, it was Isaac Hayes. Well, I bought a couple records. It was Isaac Hayes and Herbie Hancock from a friend who was selling it on Discogs. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, have you been to, I just went, there's, there's a place downtown called Binks and they have like a record shop um, attached to it. I don't know. Have you Haven't been there. Haven't I've, been there. I've heard okay. about it. Yeah. I had not been there either until the other day. And then were you a fan of like Park Ave CDs? Yeah. Always like all the record shops in town. Right. We have a we have some good record stores here and mm -hmm. good owners. There's there's the one still on like Colonial and Orange, right? The the record shop. There's Oh um, um Donut Shop. Donut Shop? Mm hmm Right. There's I passed They're still them. open. Yeah, I passed them the other day. What are some of the good record shops around town? Park Ave, Donut Shop, um, Rock and Roll Heaven. Uh, I think those, I could, there's a few. Um, retro Records. I don't want to leave anyone out. <laughs> um, there's a Bossa Nova. I believe that's the name of it. They sell a lot of the Brazilian, the owner's Brazilian. Okay. And he sells like a lot of um, psychedelic rock and Bossa Nova records. It's off of, it's, Mate, it's in Maitland near Enzian. That's a pretty cool spot. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm going to the Enzian tonight. Yeah. Yeah. That guy got some good stuff. Gosh, I love the Enzian. All right. So you're in high school. Mm -hmm. Are you like starting to like, are you trying to, are there is there like a music crowd are you into that are you into other things are you into sports like who is nigel becoming um at this point high school i played soccer for a couple of years all right um i was i was okay in that i mean i didn't really play before i did decide to go out for the team what high school are you lyman lyman okay um musically I well, I took band. I played drums in the band in sixth grade, but that was the only year that I played. Bob just was into listening a lot of music. I would hang out with the band people, but I wasn't in any music programs. I would just listen to music on my own. Right, did your own thing. Yeah, yeah. Were you ever thinking like, oh, I would love to be a DJ? Or you're just like, I no, am never. In. Well, I would buy records. I was always into music. So I never, never really thought about it. I thought about 
being like a record engineer, but I never kind of pursued that as a career. I kind of pursued music, yeah. Okay. I never no. thought about it. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> what was your so you finished high school and then you said you went to college? Went to college. So how how like what was the direction you were thinking like you wanted um, to head in? Went to college for a little while, left, then messed around, um, took community college class here and there. Then I finally went for my bachelor's at Rollins. Okay. Yeah. Um, in that, and then I was working and then I ended up DJing through a friend. Okay. A friend of mine, he had turntables out and mess around with his, um, it's turntables and mixer and play around, do mixes. But a friend of mine saw that I was buying records and he had like a little like hip hop night. And he basically said, why don't you take a turn? Start DJing. So that's okay. kind of how I started. Yeah. Did you learn from it? Like, did you learn from anybody? You just kind of like kind of, figured kind it of out? Kind of taught myself. Um, yeah, it was... It wasn't hard, and I've been messing with records for a long time, so it was right. it was pretty easy. DJing at first, though, wasn't I wasn't good. I mean, I had ideas as far as unique music I wanted to play, but I didn't really know how to play it together. Yeah, or- play well. I've always played my own style. Mm-hmm. So the crowd, I was the other guy, other DJs, I was a lot different than what they were doing. They were like hip hop DJs. Mm-hmm. I at the time was um abstract hip hop, down tempo, and those, you know, those people didn't really collide with <laughs> really like what I was playing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, first time I played, it was terrible. <laughs> what was your first job? First um, this place called Cafe 11. You know where um, the art museum is on the corner? Hmm. The green is Avalon. Avalon Art Museum. Oh, downtown? downtown? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it's called now? I think so. Or it might be City Arts. City Arts something? Avalon or City Arts or okay. something like that. Um, yeah. Right across the street, there was this um, restaurant bar called Cafe 11. That was the first place I played. All right. And that's this is circa what time? What year? <clears throat> 96. 96, 97. All right. So it's been a minute. Yeah. 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 Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So you went to school at Rollins, which is arguably one of the most beautiful campuses Mm -hmm. in the United States of America. Um, It's so, so stunning. Um, And you got a degree in psychology, psychology. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what made you decide what, what interested you in that? Or like, was there, I was just into, I don't know. Well, don't they say like 
psychology people always trying to heal their parents or to heal themselves or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just into it um, and went for the degree. All right. Were, were you thinking like that's something that you were going to like pursue or are you yeah. just saying like, I got to get something? Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, like a counseling. Mm. I pursued that. Okay. To, to maybe be a counselor. Yeah. Yeah. And then post college, you're like, then I got loose on the world. I got, yeah, I got, um, I was working and then I went for a forensic psychology master's. Oh, which I got. Okay. Some years later. And, um, is this started, like CSI stuff? I mean, what, no, like what are we psychology about? and law. So, what I did is I worked with a, um, a trial consultant and we did like like mock trials if you're trying to sue somebody mm-hmm. we do like a mock case like you know have like a group of jurors uh-huh. present the case and based on you know their you know Reaction. their decision yeah their okay. de- decision and we would come up with the best trial to help people win what so it's like you're doing like a run through yeah and then you're engineering it to like you're trying several different things to see what will give the most favorable outcome yeah folk folk, like a focus group like a focus group yeah focus group and um for trial like they all they all do it i mean all the so like we have um thing called void dire okay i've heard of this term so um basically we come up with questions depending on the case come up with questions to see how the jurors would respond to these questions Mm -hmm. in relation to the case and because of that we'll say that person would be good right that person would be bad would be bad for the outcome you're looking for, right. stuff like that. Okay. So, how long did you do this for? I d- did that for a few years, but um, it was like more intern. I started kind of working with her, and then I like had like another day job at like the hospital or um, social work or case management things like that, okay. and DJed. So I kind of did all that. So you're kind of like building up your DJ. Yeah. Well, yeah. The DJ thing was kind of always like a, it's always kind of been a side thing. But, All right. Um, yeah, I had like a day job and the trial consulting thing. Got it. Was there any like moment of that trial consulting where you were like any like favorite case that you like tried to figure out? Um. No, because it was more, um, wasn't like a lot of criminal, it was more civil, like accounting, um, persons trying to get money for negligence, that kind of thing. It's, you know, they're all interesting. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So you're in this career for a couple of years. You're feeling like maybe it's not where you want to end up long-term. Um... It's just you're doing a lot and you're working with not a lot. 
mm-hmm. with the social services. Okay. Um. So you know, I'm still doing it. I've been in the past few years, like I've been DJing a lot more. So it's somewhat like a professional gig, I guess. So sure. I make decent money doing it, and then I still work my day job. So it's it works for now, and I'm thinking about going back for a doctorate. <laughs> you drop that on me. Okay. Wow. Sorry. So you are a man around town. Mm-hmm. I've, I've I've lived here since um, 2000, so mm-hmm. 20, 20 years. Um, and obviously you've lived here much longer than that. Yeah. But I have seen you over many a years at many a things. Mm-hmm. And obviously always DJing mm-hmm. and bringing the party. Yeah. In your, in your own... <laughs> sweet way um and it's always such a pleasure to see you around town thank you doing your thing thank you and uh and so that kind of is is something that you just kind of do as like a side on Mm -hmm. this because i see you pretty often so you're doing doing pretty well so like when us it was like so i've been djing for a long time around 2000, 2001, the scene somewhat, the DJ scene started changing. Okay. Um, so when I came out DJing, like the 90s was a lot more somewhat underground and underground receptive. So if the music was unique and different, people were more receptive back then. Mm-hmm. Where in the 2000s, it, you saw it change. Um, more like mainstream? Yes, it got kind of pretty like mainstream. That underground vibe, people weren't really feeling it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I liked playing music, so I started kind of changing what I was playing. So I would would get more into like older 80s music, um, soul. So... Because I never want to play mainstream music. Mm-hmm. Never. You don't want to turn Britney and Justin Timberlake? I mean, I have a Justin Timberlake record. Okay. Like, I have one. Which but, one? Um, uh, Future Love Sex Sound. Sexy, sexy Back. I, sexy Back. I got, like, a single, but it has, like, a remix by uh, Amar and Van Helden. Okay. So, like, maybe one, a couple, and like a couple hip hop somewhat mainstream records but um i just don't want to do ever want to play like mainstream <laughs> music because sure. it's That's not you well yeah also too like the sound of a lot of music with mainstream it's um the creators it's not the dictators the creators don't really dictate the music it's the business dictates it so a lot of it sounds um you know just like typical yeah like formulaic (laughs) has like a hook no not a lot of melody yeah this yeah this is the sound that everyone's doing so make it sound like this and this is the producer everybody's using so it the production sounds like this Mm. and 
that's with especially like now in the past few years that's a lot of mainstream music so i didn't play that the pop music i did was more older stuff and stuff that's i think is somewhat more creative mm. rather than just um you know typical generic Top style 40 stuff. yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> do you have any do you have any favorite creators oh um as far as musicians mm-hmm. i mean well yeah it's you're talking about for now or like when because it's we can that's about another two hours right. <laughs> <laughs> what if, what if you gave me five current ish people and five people from maybe back in the day current um Current, uh, let's see, Danger Mouse. He produced Gnarls Barkley. Okay. I think he's one of the best producers out there. Um, Beck. Okay. Like, I mean, not his last album, but a lot of his stuff he's done. I think it's cool. Um, St. Vincent. Are we talking about like popular kind of people? Talking whatever you want. Talking about your top, whatever you you like right now. Anything. Um. Hmm. It it goes everywhere. So, like, probably my most my favorite composer is um John Zorn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your favorite. You have to. Yeah, it's, uh, give me so the he's he's um I found out about him in the 90s. He's like this uh classical jazz rock avant-garde no wave like um musician, saxophonist slash composer from New York. All right. Uh he's probably like my favorite. Miles Davis. Um, Charles Mingus. There's a couple, like, mm-hmm. we can go on forever. For sure. And I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't yeah. want to, like, bore you because just a lot. Oh, I'm happy to always, I'm happy to, <laughs> I'm happy to get an education. Absolutely. Absolutely. So currently, you're doing around town. Your gigs, making a pretty good living. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, lately, I've been playing at um, Aardvark Restaurant. I have heard of this. I will not say that I have been there. Where is this it's Aardvark? Called, you know, um, it's at Fern Creek and Michigan. You know where Johnny Field Station yes. is? It's uh-huh. like right around there. Right around like there. Like on the corner. Of okay. There in Johnny's. I used to go to Johnny's all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That was quite a while ago. I never left feeling superb after eating their food. <laughs> it is what it is. Johnny's yeah. is Johnny's. Uh, Aardvark yeah. is much better food. Okay. Much great foods, great vibe. Um, the music, it's me and another guy who plays Rubox. On, we do a brunch there on the weekends. Okay. It's really good food. Really good yeah. food. All right. Maybe I'll have to check it out. Yeah. So currently, what is your day job? 
Is it, are, are you just doing deep? counseling and um, a mentor? Okay. And DJing, yeah. And DJing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a life. Yeah. It's, you know. Yeah. That's a blessing. <laughs> and we're, we're, we were just saying that it is um, a blessing that things are starting to come back and mm-hmm. people are starting to have gatherings and. Well, um, so, so when I was after COVID happened and everything shut down, all the DJs gigs, like they stopped because, you know, everybody was staying home or sure. that was the plan. But um, I was DJing at this place downtown, which I don't play anymore. And a few months, through like three or four months, they called me back and I started playing right after the pandemic. I mean, I we're still in a pandemic, but we're still in. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but they downtown didn't give up. They did not crap. give. Man, I came in there. Nothing. They're like, okay, can you play blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right. So I started playing regularly. I had my mask on. Mm-hmm. These people were just. Nothing. It was like September. Oof. They're in there. No mask. Mm-hmm. Having the greatest time ever. Like it was 2019. Sure. So, yeah. I'm I'm into having a great time, being safe. Being safe, but it's we we are still we are still in in mm-hmm. this thing. So I mean I'm glad that you know obviously the numbers are declining yeah. and and you know I think that there is levels of connection that we need to have for our mental health because that's a huge yeah, yeah but. Key. At a minimum amount, and these people don't care. <laughs> they, these people right. don't care to be in that proximity. I get it. It's, it, I mean, it's just such a weird time because we're also like making all these decisions. We're making micro decisions all the time. Do I go here? Do I do this? Do I go to Snap Opening and wear my mask? Oh, yeah. Do I go to an outside thing? Do I do an inside thing? You know, it's it's been a a wild ride in, well, in that. That's good that you're th- you're thinking about it. You're precaut. You have you know you're precautious mm-hmm. and where man, they had me playing there last year for Halloween. That's when I guess they extended the hours and they had drinking outside. Uh huh. It was, it was insane. Yeah. Like it was like insane. My wife picked me up from the, and just the amount of people and there were no mask around and people just walking out and high-fiving each other and Mm -hmm. in the middle of a pandemic. And this was before the uh, vaccine was out. Before the vaccine. Before the vaccine, sure. Yeah. It's, um, It is. <laughs> it's a lot, man. Yeah, man. It is a lot. Mental health is is a very real oh, thing. Yes, Ob- obviously, and I, I think that hopefully people have been more aware of that and more um, cognizant of being uh, proactive with their mental health and or getting help, you know, during this time and doing the things that you can do, like getting in your body, exercise. Um, you know, there are things that we can't. I do. don't want to sound cynical. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
hopefully they are. They should be cognizant about that. But um, COVID flipped the script on a lot of things because there's just some people. Yeah. Some people kind of like mental health has not been addressed in this country in a while. And with COVID, we're seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> saying, sorry to say, sorry to sound like a Debbie Downer, but it's kind of kind of weird. It is, yeah, but it is the reality in the, in the moment that we are finding ourselves in. And, you know, so much has changed and, and flipped up, upside down. Yeah. And, in, in that reality and, and, um, you know, hopefully people are at least more aware of it, if not getting help or doing things to um, keep them healthier, you know, mm-hmm. in that space. That That's the hope. Obviously, we have no control over what other people's actions are. Yeah. I mean, we can way. hope. I mean, we we need we can, hope. We, we need always, hope. We always have to have hope. Without so. hope, <laughs> we're, we're in a real tough spot. I did have a question for you. I wanted mm-hmm. to know if there was any DJs that you really like have loved their work or like their style or just like any DJs that you oh, feel a lot. would be like um, cool to be friends with. Like around town? Around town or anybody. Yeah, there's around, like a uh, there's the um friend of mine named Brandon. Uh he has an Instagram B New. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, there's a few. Brandon, a friend of mine named Alim. His DJ handle is Mr. Mog- Mogembo. Um, guys from Donut Shop, uh, Santino's. Goes by the name of Spreadsheets. There's, there's quite a few. All right. Quite a few around town. Sure. Nice. So as life comes at us <clears throat> and we are walking through, living mm-hmm. through, doing all the things, sometimes we're working real hard. We get to places that we're really proud of. Mm-hmm. Sometimes things hit us where we don't expect it and and maybe a hard, hard season of life. Uh, has there ever been something that you've kind of looked back and said like, man, like this is something that I've worked towards and I'm really proud of it? Um. Yeah, what I've been doing artistically in my DJing, mm-hmm. and I think probably my life. Your life. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I've I've had like certain. You try to do this, but it doesn't end up being the way you th- direction you thought it would go. But then you'd end up in this end up in this other direction and mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I'm glad mm-hmm. the way I ended up. Mm-hmm. That's a great place to be. Yeah. I'm glad, where you, <laughs> glad where you ended up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's um you have all these plans but sometimes it don't happen the way you plan it but you end up being where you're supposed to be. Mhm. Has there ever been a season, season of life, or a time in time of? Um, I think it's all, like for me. I think it's also important to like say, 
life is also hard at times. Oh, yeah. Right? And we go through. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think life is hard. Um, it's hard. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's beautiful. Sometimes it's ugly. Um, we just have to make the best of it. I've always believed that um, there's a humility that or humbleness that you need to make life to make life better and like digestible and make you understand it because in the system we're kind of told we're going to do these great amazing things sometimes we do mm -hmm. but a lot of times we don't <laughs> mm -hmm. and that's that drives people crazy so i just think um when we can always have goals and always have things we try to attain to, but if you don't get it that moment, it's okay. Mm. You can just keep trying to get it. And if you don't, that's all right. You just tried to get it and you didn't give up. Yeah. That's the hope. <laughs> that's our hope. We never give up, but we also can acknowledge there's seasons that are harder and there's seasons that are more, maybe more joyful. Yeah. And uh, we survived, right? We keep on, keep right, exactly, never giving up, even through the times that might seem like nothing's kind of coming together in the ways that you wanted, or, yeah. you know, we lose people or we lose opportunities that we thought we would have. I mean, I think that like we, Especially now, we just have to kind of take care of each other, do things to bring other people along, to raise other people up as much as you can do or as sure. little as you can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all need it. Both sides of that. We need mm -hmm. to be taken care of and listened to. And, and then we need to also extend that, you know, to people in our lives and or strangers just, you know, simple kindnesses or very intentional ways that we are are part of people's people's existence. Because we're not built for isolation. No. No. We're no. built for community, whether you're more introverted or more extroverted or however, we we need the support yeah. of, of actual family, family friends. Yeah, actual community. Actual not, community. Not um and I'm sorry to talk about something I hate, <laughs> but What's um, that? this whole uh, Facebook metaverse thing. Yeah. Yeah. I could never talk about that and yeah. be fine. Good. Okay. Yeah. Good. Because <laughs> to me, it's like, it's like, dude, get out the house. Yeah. Get off. Get out the house. You know, go outside. It's, yeah. Oh, it's just you know, it gets to the point. It's like you have all of this money what more do you need to fight for you're just kind of fighting for nothing and now you're rebranding your business because of i mean just go and travel <laughs> yeah i think it reinforces that we we need to have face-to-face -face communication mm -hmm. you know like 
I wouldn't be here without a social media platform. Or like oh, my no, business right, right. Sure, here. sure. Right, 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 right. right? So there, there is space for that, you know? Sure, yeah. And not because I use it too, uh-huh. and but it's just there has to be like a... I mean, there has to be a balance. <laughs> a balance. But there has to be like... I mean, it's... I don't... Real. Yeah. <laughs> no, reality aspect. To reality it. aspect. Of, yeah, of course. Like in-person human. Human, yeah. Being, like actual human. Right. Uh, interactions with it's, things. It's hard when it's sometimes that public discourse. How is that helping? You know, like it is like even with like, um, you know, a lot of the racial things that were happening last year that mm. that was like the way that we saw those things happening. Like we need to have. Yeah. In a sense, a lot of people get their news through right. social media. Right. And so it does help to bring change hopefully, but then also can be of course, incredibly detrimental. And especially I think for young women, the the implications of having to grow up in that world and Mm -hmm. society, that's not real. Yeah. It's not, it's it's so heartbreaking, but it is also very, can have its moments of being, you know, beneficial for sure. So I get it. It's a whole world. Um, so can you tell us what this, what, what the Kurt Rambis thing? Oh, that's, um, tell us your, so that was, it was like, that was a production. Um, so I produced music and that was like a moniker to kind of introduce the music that, that I produce, making, and also I play. So if I play like a Kurt Rambis set, it's going to be more heavy, hardcore, like... um. That's your KISS side? Yes. Yeah. Actually, it's it's <laughs> pretty, pretty dark, kind of dystopian, really funky, really... You know, like a, just like a really dark funk, abstract kind of vibe to it all right so do you have nights where you play under that moniker is it it mixed in i did a night um at will's did like two or three it's called a terribly wrong okay so i would play real lighthearted. yeah yeah um the point behind that was so my wife, um, there was some song, I don't know, there was like a station playing or a Pandora, some song that I was playing that, you know, got pretty somewhat heavy. And um, she, she said, that sounds like that person need, has mental issues <laughs> and like something's terribly wrong with that person. So... Took that. I'm like, I took that. I'm like, I want music that night. And it's probably, it's not like that, but it's more funky, more dark. But like someone listens to it and like, okay, that person's not right. Not because it's not, they're not right. It's just on another realm as far as what pop music is. So it's, it's very anti-pop. Okay. It's very like abstract kind of creative kind of different it's not generic at all so it's that night is supposed to be the music for like a 
very anti-generic pop aesthetic. So that was that was the point for label labeling sentence. it terribly wrong. Terribly yeah. wrong. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Are those like what are some of your favorite venues to play around town? Um Will Will's Lil Indies, um Aardvark, you know, just the usual places. I haven't been playing as much in like venues because I'm trying to do more like lower key stuff because I just like playing in restaurants. Yeah, well, I've always played what I want, but like I like doing the Snap events. Snap is what I really like doing. Mm -hmm. Aardvark is what I really like doing because I just want to play records. I don't care if people dance, if the music sounds good and it's it's the background to the conversation. I'm happy with that Mm -hmm. because the uh, DJ scene, it's kind of weird and so overblown and a lot of DJs are DJs a lot of time a lot a lot of the reason like a lot of pop music is so bad and I'm a DJ it's because of DJs how's that <laughs> um because they hmm well I went down to this rabbit hole. They were talking about, um, you ever heard of Max Martin? He's this Swedish producer that basically influenced all of the NSYNC, Britney Spears, that music that got big in the 90s. Sure. Because of him. Yeah. Uh Yeah, because of him. Mm Because, you know, they create this pop machine and I don't know if it was him. I don't know if it was him. if him or someone he was affiliated with. I can't remember his name, but they were DJs. DJs who were connected to ABBA. ABBA's a good band. Oh, I was going to say. ABBA, hey, no. ABBA, they make good quality pop music. Right. Problem was, is they took that formula. Okay. And it spread to everything that is pop music now so huh if you like, like listen ABBA to like ma- a like a far cry from like a britney spears um no no well their music because they were um they made good quality pop songs mm-hmm. where it wasn't so generic as like say the britney spears kind of music but ABBA made good music it's just that model influenced everything interesting and that's why I think like and I'm a DJ a lot of reason music industry is shit because of DJs all right hopefully you're not contributing to that (laughs) oh no I try not I, I try not to I mean it's there's some but it's just it just it the and it's not their fault because that style of music got so huge that everything mm-hmm. fell into, into that because everybody want to make, wants to make money. So <sighs> Cash rules everything yeah. around me. Cream. 
<laughs> Get the money. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. Get that money. How did you meet your wife? Um, through a friend. Usually the best way. Hmm? It's usually the best yeah. way. Through a, through a mutual friend. Um, I met her through another friend at Stardust, and I would see her here and there and we would talk she was really cool people and then she told me about my she told me about the woman who is my wife now okay and we met that's kind of how we met we met through snap at at snap we met fun yeah. what was when was there a moment when you said I would like for her to be my wife like in your head when you like was it like first love at first sight? Was it like a growing into a relationship? Um, well, <laughs> so we were both in relationship at the time. Okay. Um, and we couldn't. We're, we we. We're co we couldn't be in a relationship and I had to tell her that and it's like kind of at that point she didn't know I was in a relationship and when I said like I had to be I'm like I'm in a relationship and we were cool from then but that was kind of the point that's like alright there was something, something there. special about her enough to yeah yeah and now she's it was wife. yeah yes yes that's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's amazing to hear more of your story and to know the man behind the table. And I see no. you everywhere all around and in Orlando institution doing your thing. It's very amazing when people stick to their, to their craft and to themselves and like, you're right. Take it or leave it. Yeah. This is who I am. Yeah. I'm going to put myself out into the world. And people have been receptive. And you've brought a lot of joy and music and dance vibes. And, yeah. And DJ Nigel. Um, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, we're both into psychology, mm -hmm. both into, I was definitely very into the Myers-Briggs mm -hmm. uh, a while ago, which I think is helpful. And then I think the Enneagram for me has also been super helpful um, because I also needed to like learn and know more that like everyone is not built like me. You know, um, and so how can I have more compassion and grace for myself, you know, knowing myself better and having self-awareness? How mm -hmm. do I interact with the world? And then how do other people see the world and view the world? And how are they processing things that may be much different than how I process things and how I view the world and how I communicate and what a reward for me is like could be vastly different for. Right you know, somebody else. And so you did me the favor to look through the Enneagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't know anything no, about it. No, it's okay. <laughs> I am kind of a nerd about it, so that's the one, that's mm -hmm. a thing that I could talk about. Um, but as you looked f through it, and as knowing you in, in, some, in some regard, knowing you kind of uh, around town, 
um, maybe the, what, what number do you feel like you would maybe gravitate? I know that we can see ourselves in all the nine numbers. What number? Uh -huh. Um, I would probably right. say more or less, <laughs> I guess maybe the individualists, maybe, but uh -huh. then there's probably the individualist the individual more or less from what i'm looking at sure. take away certain um attributes or about what they have here sure. but probably the individualist yeah the individualist is um so needed because mm -hmm. they're also very in touch with their emotions and they help others to also be in touch with their you know feeling things fully um, they like to be unique, you know, somewhat want to be looked at as one of, one of a kind or, um, their own, they say the rules don't apply to me. Right. Right. And that's, that's what you offer to the world is your own unique take on art hmm. and DJing and, um, very cerebral, um, so in the Enneagram, you kind of have your main number and then you also have a wing, which is a number on each side. So for a four, it's either a three or a five. What's your number? I'm an eight, which is the challenger. So I'm an eight wing nine. Okay. Um, which is the peacemaker. So I like to do things that are. So you're eight. And also... And also nine. Nine, okay. Yeah. Uh, doing things that are kind of uh, against the world in a way of saying, like, I don't have to follow what the world is telling me that mm -hmm. I have to do. I will, I'll do my own thing. I'll make my own way, my own path. Right, right. And then also tethered with that is the nine, which is the peacemaker. So it's always making sure that everyone's feeling good, that everyone feels welcomed when I do dinners. Okay. You know what I mean? Like just wanting to create a welcoming environment. And I don't like conflict for the sake of conflict. Mm -hmm. I will do conflict because it has to be done. Uh, but sometimes aids are kind of aggressive in that way. Sometimes not. It's also their level of health mm -hmm. in that way. Um, but fours have a wing, and one of the wings is a wing five, which is the investigator. Yes. Yes. I can, yeah, so I totally. was thinking you would be either one of those. Totally, four or five. Like, are, I do like... You like to I dig like, in. Yes, yes. Hardcore. Mm -hmm. You want to know everything. I'm the rabbit hole guy. Once You're the rabbit I hole guy. find something, I try to go deeper and... Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends is a five, and so they can be very internal. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of processing a lot of things a lot of times, and so they kind of want to make sure that they know everything before they speak out on something. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so I guess I'll change mine. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that you're both of those. Mm -hmm. right. uh, I think both of those inform, um, and it's just an interesting kind of personality um, kind of like a roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. It's not saying you're in this little box. It's saying, um, you know, I think that we are created 
very uniquely mm-hmm. and differently, but we're, we could be very, very different in the ways that we see the world. Okay. So like some of this framework helps me to understand you better, right? right? The artist, your internal, right. your like creative, your maybe moody, you're trying to, um, have your own unique place in the world. And so it kind of informs us how to care for people better to know yourself better. Mm -hmm. So like, Oh, maybe I need to like tell somebody how I'm feeling, you know, versus me thinking like, Oh, you're just going to know intrinsically. Or I might need to like get in touch with my own emotions to Mm. like really know how I'm feeling versus just having like, an instinctual or like a gut reaction to something. So the Enneagram has just been uh, a helpful tool for me in. Okay. Yeah. When, um, when did people's, when was it, when was there the Enneagram? Mm-hmm. Cause I remember you s- sent me a message. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> and <laughs> sure. my wife, she knew about it and she saw it. Oh. Um, and then another friend, but I never heard about it. Sure. Yeah. So the Enneagram has been around for a very long time. Okay. Um, there are debates on the actual origins of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think something like 600 years it's been around. So it's been like a spiritual practice oh. and tradition. Um, I don't know that it's tied to one specific hmm. maybe religion in that way, but it, it has been used as a tool, I think, in a spiritual sense of like knowing at the core of who, oh. you, who you are. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, didn't, I, at, I didn't. So it has come into popular culture. I mm-hmm. would say I've known about it for maybe like five years. Okay around there four or five years. So I've kind of dug in and, um, I've also have some friends that are very, very knowledgeable about it. And so I've learned a lot from them and just reading and podcasts and so um, I'm, people. I the only one who didn't know about it. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no, of course not. We, okay. No, we definitely have, I've had other people that are like, wait, what? Um, but I just always like to throw it out there and mm-hmm. be like, hey, this is something that I'm into and right. I love preaching uh, preaching about it just because I'm like right. interested in it. And it is fascinating as a psychology mm-hmm. major, like you're just like, it's, it is fascinating how two people can experience the same situation and have two very different reactions or outcomes. Right. Like what goes in here and then what goes out here right. is all about the in- individual person that... Yeah is uniquely created. Yeah. Well, we all kind of, the thing with Enneagram and I took the Myers-Briggs, it's like, we all kind of fit into a mold, <laughs> like a particular type of person, like personality mm-hmm. or um, person that you can say like, this person is that, that person is this, so. Yeah, it's kind of like a framework, not to like put you in mm-hmm. a box, but to give you like the building. A foundation. A foundation, kind of, yeah. and then Nigel, you're gonna be different than another right, right, right. individualist or another four, um, but it gives us a, like a reference or, mm-hmm. yeah, so. No, I get that, yeah. I get that. It's, yeah, it's fascinating. It is a rabbit, that is a rabbit hole yeah. that you could go down and never end. Never right, end. right, right. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's the thing. There's so many rabbit holes that I'm trying to like not to get. Right. Because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a, lot. a lot. Once you, once you get in deep into it, totally. So the last uh, topic that we'll talk about before I uh, let you go mm-hmm. is actually my favorite, one of my absolute favorites, but um, is the practice of rest. And so how do we step back from the world and renew, restore, um, how we can make ourselves the most whole version of ourselves to offer to the world. And so rest looks different for everybody, but it can be play, discovery, um, physical rest, uh, retreating, Hmm. um, when we're, you know, resting and to Sabbath, the Sabbath is to stop working. Right. So when we stop working and we take a step back mm-hmm. and we have some time to be, that's also when our creativeness can flourish. That's when we discover things. That's when we can renew our bodies, our brains. You know, when we're living in a heightened state of stress, mm-hmm. there's no room to play. There's no room to be creative. There's no room to explore. Um, What are some of the things in your life that kind of like bring you rest or how do you kind of like detach from work? Um, Music, of course. Mm -hmm. A film or a a book. Mm -hmm. What type of books are you into? (sighs) Um history like All philosophy right. um just yeah kind of the investigator thing kind of like you know just diving into like history about mm-hmm. anything like <clears throat> parts of things that happened in the world that kind of infected who we are now mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. that's that's my rest. That's your rest. Not everybody's rest because like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's fun for you mm-hmm. to like dig into. Absolutely. If you had like a 24 hour period of time, um, money is of no object. You could be here. You could be anywhere in the globe. If you just had a day top to bottom that was filled with Nigel's favorite things, what would that day look like? Listening to music, reading the book, <laughs> and after those, when I'm not doing that, like watching a movie. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a wonderful yeah. day. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, or watching a couple. Watching a couple movies. Yeah. Like a mar- like a marathon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just different documentaries. Um, Talking about a day? Yeah, a whole day. Yeah. You got a whole day. Music books, documentaries, film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's space. Yeah. That's it. To yourself, by yourself? Yeah. Or no, with well, with my wife. With your wife. But you know. She's probably in another room because some of the stuff I watch, she doesn't want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's basically the whole day. That's basically the whole day. Yeah. Sounds pretty great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds. Sign me up. And then hanging with her because she's she's really interesting. So. 
That's the name of the game. Mm -hmm. You lucked out. If you found somebody that you... She, glad she dropped her standards and got with me. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. Lucky me. Lucky you. Do you have any MO or mantra or anything that you try to like live your life by? Mm. So there's this this song it's it's on my like instagram handle it's by the police when the world is running down you make the best of what's still around hmm. that's really good especially in this last year and a yeah. half and i i w i love that that track well i love the police um but like that song is like the mantra of since I was like 12, 13. Okay. So it's always kind of stuck, cause especially with, because, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Shit's kind of crazy. <laughs> so it's, it's you know. It's the perspective but, yeah. that you're holding. Right? Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, you know what? It's just hold on and deal with whatever you can deal with. And whatever's around, you know, there's always kind of hope. Mm. with whatever's still around like mm -hmm. okay it's still there so try to build Walk off of that hope. yeah from the minimum that you have right that's good it's a good reminder no oh, good <laughs> absolutely um how would we find you on social media if people wanted to know what you're doing um, or black suede Wait, 66 is my Instagram. Kurt Rambis is my music Instagram. I have a uh, mixed cloud. Um, it's DJ uh, Nigel John. Okay. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the best way to find out mm -hmm. what you're up to. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for spending some time with Thank me. Thank you today. for having me. Yeah. It's Thank been you real for fun. these drinks. You're these, <laughs> these drinks hit kind of nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love to hear it. I love to yeah. hear it. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Until the next time. Yes. Yes. Thank you a million times over for listening to Cocktails and Conversation Podcast. I hope you have enjoyed all of it. If you have, would you do me a huge favor and rate, comment, and subscribe for more Cocktails and Conversation? Thank you.